Uh, good morning, everybody. It's good to see you today. If I haven't met you before, my name's Tim, um, and we are in a series at the moment going through our vision as a church, sort of our vision um, series and vision statement, and hopefully you're getting to know it. We're kind of kind of being repetitive on purpose, so it kind of gets in our mind and in our heart. And then the idea is that this then is the purpose and the thing that kind of brings everything together that we do as a church. Um, and the statement is that we exist, Rivers Church of Christ is here in Kalanga, in Morton Bay, to see the kingdom of God realized. Even just like that verse Lynn just read out, that Jesus has announced the kingdom of God is here. Uh, we're, we're here to we're continue what Jesus is doing. And it's by being a growing family that actually as a church, um, we're not just people who come to a building on a Sunday, but actually have closer relationships, family relationships, committed love for each other. And the family is made up of devoted followers of Jesus who love him wholeheartedly and live as his people in the world. Um, so we've kind of been unpacking this, um, making our way through. We've got this week and next week left in this series. Um, and our mission as a church kind of links in. It's, it's this tagline of knowing, growing, and going, and fits into the vision that we want to be focused around being a people who are focused on knowing God and loving Him wholeheartedly. And we talked about that last week, um, that we're made to know God, that life is found in relationship with God, um, that worship is at the center, um, and, and we want to grow in loving Him and following Him. Uh, today, I'm going to talk about growing as devoted followers of Jesus together, and then next week, we'll finish with going and living as his people in the world. And we started off saying we need all of these. We need to be people who are knowing and loving God, not just that, but people who are growing and becoming more like him, but not just that, but then people who are in the world, representing Jesus in the world, shining light into the world, and we need all three, and they go together. But today... I'm going to focus on just so unpacking this a bit more. What does this mean to be a people focused on growing as devoted followers of Jesus together? Uh, so I might pray, and then kind of like last week, I'm basically just going to break this down almost a bit kind of word by word, um, look at a range of different scriptures and, and quotes, and, and kind of let's like unpack this a bit so we, we can really um, go this direction together. So let's, let's pray, and then we'll get started. So... Yeah, Father, we just thank you um, that we can gather. Um, thank you for your word. Uh, thank you for the good news uh, that you are king and God and we get to live in your kingdom. Um, and we just pray, Jesus, that you'd speak by your Holy Spirit um, to us, um, by your word. Yeah, what you want to say to us this morning as a church, corporately, God, and as individuals, we just ask that you'd be at work in this time um, and lead us in your paths and ways of life and truth. And yeah, we just thank you for your goodness and your presence here. Amen. Okay. So we're going to start just by talking about growing. It's interesting because I don't know if you ever thought about maybe you go to watch a sports game, um, maybe footy, maybe you're watching at home, maybe you watched the rugby last week. When you watch something, you're kind of like a spectator and you've got this, this privileged position of being in the stands or being at home on the couch um, and you watch, and there's these people doing this hard work, and they've had to train, and they're, they're in the game, and they're, they're going, and, and what's happening is affecting them, and people get injured, and, and there's, there's victory, and there's loss, but you kind of just get to sit back and kind of get to watch, and, it, and it's, and it's kind of nice. And sometimes we can kind of approach life a bit like that, that, that we kind of can sometimes think that we have a spectator seat, and we get to sit back and watch what's happening. 
And we might see these people are sort of going this direction in life, and oh, maybe that's a good idea. And these people are going this direction, oh, that's maybe not such a good idea. And we kind of think sometimes we can sit back in a neutral space and actually, well, what's going on is not affecting me. I can kind of just be self sufficient or um, not impacted by other people. And actually, if I just want to put the pause button on life, I can just put pause and just sort of step back. And sometimes that would be really nice, <laughs> just to have a break for a bit. But that's not possible. Like, and, and we're talking about growing. And in some ways, we might be tempted to think, okay, well, th these people are following Jesus, so they're growing and they're seeking to be like Jesus. But other people are in the stands just watching as spectators and not growing. But it's actually not true. We're actually all always growing in a certain direction. We're actually all always being changed or being formed. Um, there's no pause button where you can just sort of sit back and watch and actually not be impacted and not be affected by our lives. And maybe growth could be positive, depending on what the goal is, or growth could be negative. It could, it could be growing, but in a way that's actually not helpful or not good or doesn't lead to life. But actually, everybody, whether they're following Jesus or not, every day is growing in a certain direction, is being shaped, is being formed, is becoming a certain type of person. And maybe we don't notice it that much, like maybe one day to another, but if you think back over the last year or 10 years or 20 years, you see actually we were really different people, um, maybe even just a year ago. Like things happen in life, um, we, we make certain decisions, we have certain habits, we believe certain things, and they impact us and actually shape us to be a certain type of person, whether you're following Jesus or not, everybody. And Jesus actually kind of reflects this. He, he talks about this uh, in Luke 6. He says, he told them a parable, can the blind lead the blind? He's talking about the Pharisees. Will they not both fall into a pit? The student is not above his teacher, but everyone who is fully trained will be like their teacher. He says, if you have someone that you're following, a teacher, um, a leader, someone you look up to, actually the goal is that you seek to become like them and who you follow is who you will become like. Uh, David Guzik says it this way, we will become like those we follow. So we must decide to choose good teachers to follow. But we might, again, be tempted to say, well, no, I don't follow anybody. I, I just do my own thing. I just sit back and I just spectate. I don't, I don't follow people. Like, I just do my own thing. But that's not really possible. Everybody, in some ways, follows someone. Um, and if it's not intentionally, it's unintentionally. It's, it's subconsciously. That we all have people that we are, are looking up to as examples. And maybe if we are kind of like, no, I just do my own thing, there's probably a good chance that we look up to all the other people who are like, oh, I just do my own thing. Like, like but they're kind of our example. Like, uh, or, or we sort of look up to the self-help sort of books or people that... Or maybe like, um, yeah, famous people that we read their books and, and, and we look to them or maybe just teachers and parents or leaders in our lives. In some ways, we're all following someone. And if we don't think we are, we're probably actually the most vulnerable to being influenced by others because we we're not even aware of it. So actually, growing is not an option. It's just a question of what direction we're growing. And it's just a question of whether we're growing intentionally in a direction that leads to life and that's, that's, that leads to the kind of person that we want to become, or unintentionally, and then we just grow based on whatever is around us and whatever is happening in us, and actually that, that could be good, it could be bad. 
So what I want to do today is, is think about this idea of growing, and first, just this idea that actually, whether we're following Jesus or not, we're growing and being shaped every day just by waking up in the morning. Um, we, we might think that we can just make decisions and become this person, but actually there's a whole lot of factors that shape us and form us. I've shared this before, but I, but I thought it'd be good to share again, just it really relates to this topic and, and the vision. It's a model of what's called formation. I've called it growing. Um, it's come up with by John Mark Comer at Bridgetown Church in, in Portland. He's based it on some of Dallas Willard's teachings. Um, lots of people have a similar kind of model. So I've called this growing unintentionally. So this means just by waking up each day, uh, we have to engage with all these aspects of life, and these aspects of life form us and shape us and grow us in a certain direction, whether we choose to or not. So just go through this quickly. Um, you can see there's the three sort of points of the triangle and then the central point as well. And that this happens over time. It's not, it's not just quick, but slow mix of these things over time through experience of life shapes us in a certain direction to become a certain type of person. So he takes these things. The first one is the stories that we believe. Actually, what we believe that life is about, um, what we believe is the purpose, what we believe the true history of the world is, what we believe that the goal of life is, all of those things impact us uh, deeply as to the kind of person we become. Um, and we may sort of think, well, we don't really believe anything. Like, that, that's a belief. Like, like, if we sort of believe, well, there's no real meaning to life, that's a belief. Like, um, or, or again, we're kind of vulnerable to the stories we're told because every day we're told stories about life. As soon as we walk out here today and we go to the shops, there'll be pictures, there'll be ads, turn on the radio, there'll be people, and they're telling a story about life. They're telling a story about what will lead to happiness, what will lead to joy, what will lead to fulfillment. And often it's a story of, you don't have that now until you buy this. And that, and that really is one of the dominant stories of our culture, that if you want life and happiness, you need to buy things. And you need to buy more things. And the more things you buy and the more things you have, the closer you get to fulfillment and happiness. Like, that's a story. And it's a story we're told like a thousand times a day, all the time. And it's really hard not for that story not to really get in you and you start to actually believe it and actually become a person that's dominated by that way of life. So actually, I'm not really happy. I need to buy something. And it, it, it shapes us. So stories we believe, it could be a consumeristic story. It could be a whole lot of different stories. And, and this can, you can kind of reflect on that. Another one, though, is that we're not just shaped by what we believe. Because sometimes we think, well, we believe something. We should just be able to do it. But we know there's often a gap. Like we can believe um, that it's good to go to the gym but it can be very hard to actually go to the gym. Like, just because you believe something doesn't mean that it happens. Um, that actually our habits and that the way that we live impact us a lot, not just our beliefs. He talks about habits, which is like this idea of things that we do, and particularly things that we do repeatedly, actually, again, shape us. Like, maybe we do it once, it's not a big deal, but the things that we do repeatedly shape us and grow us, particularly in what we love, um, and what we desire uh, is often shaped by our habits, and that can either be for good or it can be for bad, particularly with things like addiction as well. Um, I was thinking about this, what, some habits that I've got. One, one thing I love, I've told people before, is I love potatoes. It's one of my favorite food. And 
in some ways, I think the reason why potato is my favorite food, there's probably a lot of reasons, but one reason is when I was in high school, I discovered that you can microwave potatoes. <laughs> and I didn't know how to cook anything. So when I would get home from school, every afternoon I'd peel and microwave potatoes and eat them with cheese and butter. And now when I'm hungry, I can make my own food. And it was like a big breakthrough in life. Like, and so basically I did that every single day after school. Like, I'll get home and I'll microwave my potatoes. And it just became a habit. And then it becomes something that you love and enjoy and, and, you, and it grows. And like, that can be a whole lot of things. I was thinking of another one. Um, growing up, I remember, I don't know why this is all around food, but... but <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, when, I, when I did want to make food at home, like say I was hungry and wanted some lunch and, and would make a sandwich, I remember Dad always saying to me, well, if you're going to make a sandwich, ask somebody else. Ask everybody else if they want some food. And I would feel frustrated by that. I was like, I just want to make my sandwich. Like, but, but he would sort of like in, get that ingrained. Like if you're going to make food, offer it to everybody else and, and ask everybody else. And again, it would, I would feel annoyed by it, but would do it. And eventually it forms a habit of, okay, well, if I'm going to eat, I'm going to offer other people food. And then it, it creates this habit of hospitality and, and sharing and, and generosity. And again, so that didn't come from a belief. It came more from a habit. So actually, what we do repeatedly really shapes us and grows us to be a certain type of person, not just our beliefs. In some ways, our habits can inform our beliefs as well as our beliefs inform our habits. So as well as that, there's relationships. And you've probably heard this said before, that actually the people we are friends with the people we spend time with impact us significantly. Um, they, they shape us. They, they form us. Um, so who we spend time with is not a, a neutral thing. It actually makes an effect on us. Um, in Proverbs, it says this in Proverbs 13, walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. It's this principle of those people that we have relationship with, uh, 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 it actually has an effect on us. Um, and... That, that's just a principle to be aware of, um, that, that those we're spending time with will, will impact us, that relationships are not just neutral, um, but form us and shape us to be a certain type of person. Again, you might even think about that if that's happened to you. Maybe you, you never liked fishing, like you never ever thought about fishing, but then you meet a friend who loves fishing, and they go every single weekend, and pretty soon they're going to invite you, and pretty soon you'll go along. And then if you stay friends with them, there's a good chance that you're going to be loving fishing as much as them. Like that, that's kind of how things happen often. When, you, when you're around other people, they, they impact you. Can that be for good or it can be for bad? So relationships, again, unintentionally. And the last one he says is environment, which is just the place that we are. So again, we walk to the shops. That environment has an impact on us. Being here today, that environment has an impact on us. So workplace environment has an impact on us. Australia, the, the culture, it, it has an impact on us. And as well as that, um, today, like again, if we think how things have changed, say 10 years ago, 20 years ago, not everyone had a phone in their pocket and not everyone spent lots of time on the internet. But now in some ways our environment is not just the room we're in, but it's also the online environment that almost most people, particularly younger people, are in two places at once. You're here, but you're also not really here, you're online. And that's a whole other environment that actually shapes us and forms us over time. Now again, these are all unintentional ways. So just by engaging with life, by walking to the shops, by doing what we do, by meeting with the people we know, by living 
in a place, it's shaping us to be a certain type of person. And um, basically, C.S. Lewis agrees with this. He says this, every time you make a choice, you're turning the central part of you, the part of you that chooses, into something a little different than it was before. And taking your whole life as a whole, with all your innumerable choices, all your life long, you are slowly turning this central thing into a heavenly creature or a hellish creature. Either into a creature that is in harmony with God and with other creatures and with itself, or else into one that is in a state of war and hatred with God and with its fellow creatures and with itself. This point again, there's no neutral ground. We're all on a trajectory of being formed in a certain way, either into likeness of Jesus, into God, into people who are compatible with God's kingdom and reflect his goodness, or we're being formed in a direction away from that, actually away from God, towards self-sufficiency or even war with God and with others and with self in that we actually made for him. This is in Romans 6 again. Don't you know that when you offer yourselves to someone as obedient slaves, you're slaves of the one you obey, whether you're slaves to sin, which leads to death, or obedience, which leads to righteousness. Again, there's no neutral. It's either that we're offering ourselves to God, to life, to righteousness. To not do that is not to put the pause. It's to be offering ourselves to sin, and the pathway that leads to is death. And he says, thanks be to God, he's rescued us from that, and he's set us on this path of life. But the, the call is then to engage, is to follow that path. So if, if there's... There's no choice about whether to grow or not. There's no choice about whether to be on a trajectory or not. The choice is about which direction, and the choice is about who we follow, who we look to. Who, if, if we're going to be like our teacher, who do we want our teacher to be? Who do we want the person we want to be like? And we're saying that as a church and as believers, we want to be like Jesus. We follow Jesus. That we're not just to know him and love him, like we said last week, but actually base our whole lives on him and actually grow in the direction of becoming like him, that he's actually the ultimate, the perfect human. He actually is the true way of life and the example of how to relate to God and to others and to self and to the world. And actually, that's the direction we're called to go in, to grow to be like him. Again, over time, slowly, through our choices, through, through, by his power and by his presence. So what I want to look at now is, oh, sorry, I'm just going to read this verse from Mark because it's based on this announcement, what we read before. The time has come. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Jesus comes and announces that God is king in Jesus. He is the true Lord of the world. Therefore, true reality is found in Jesus. And then he starts to call people to follow him. He calls his disciples he saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the lake. They were fishermen. He says, come, follow me, and I will send you out to fish for people. And once they left their nets and they followed him. Jesus said this multiple times to people to call them to follow him. And when we come to believe him, we believe who he is, but we also respond to this call that he makes of us. He says, to follow me, and, and we make him our teacher. Or in Jewish, it's that he's our rabbi. He's our leader. He's the one that we look to for life. 
We don't just sort of sit back and say, no, nah, we're spectators and we just make it up what we want. And that's actually being impacted by people we're not aware of. Actually, so Jesus is the leader. Jesus is the example. He's the one we follow. James K. Smith puts it this way. Jesus' command to follow him is a command to align our loves and longings with his, to want what God wants, to desire what God desires, to hunger and thirst after God and crave a world where he is all in all, a vision encapsulated by the shorthand, the kingdom of God. So actually look at Jesus' whole life, the way he lives, the way he talks, his example, and we base our lives on that. So this is that same model, but you'll notice it's intentional. This is about growing intentionally, actually choosing who we follow, and actually saying, well, if we have to follow somebody, we're going to be followers of Jesus. And then swapping out these different aspects of how we are formed and how we grow intentionally so that we don't just are formed by whatever's happening around us, but we're formed in likeness to Jesus um, by, by following him. So instead of story, up the top there, you see, instead of our lives being impacted just by stories we believe or stories that we hear or news or TV um, or just whatever's popular, we base our lives and minds on Scripture, on the story of God in the Bible. We say that actually this is the true history of the world, that God is the main player, that he's revealed himself, that he's working, that he's ultimately come in Jesus, that he is working all things towards a specific end at the end of history, and we actually are in that story. And what we need is to keep coming back to that story regularly, through teaching, and that might be through reading scripture, that might be through listening to teaching like now at, at church, it might be through podcasts, it might be through Bible studies, but we need our minds constantly renewed and, and, and reminded, even like we took communion before, remembering this story, that Jesus is the central figure in history, that he's rescued us, that he's coming again, that that's what ultimately life is about, and that we are people who follow him. And that his kingdom, when we read about his kingdom, is very different to our world. The values are very different. The way of living is very different. What, what, is, is, what looks successful is very different. Like, like there's it, it, it a need to be continually renewed through scripture, not just through what happens and what we hear, but to say, actually, we follow Jesus and therefore we follow scripture. So teaching is an important ingredient in growing intentionally. But again, sometimes we can think that teaching is the only ingredient that's needed, that we just need the Bible, we just need information, and we'll change. But again, that, that's not enough. It's really important. It's vital. We must have Scripture. We must study and learn the Bible. But just information doesn't necessarily change us. You can know the right information. You can know the Bible really, really well. You can memorize it and not be able to love people, not be able to forgive people, not be generous. You can know it all, but not actually be changed. And, and we must know it, but we need more than that. And that's this idea of practices or spiritual disciplines. So instead of habits, instead of just the habits that we kind of pick up through life, we actually intentionally build habits. Um, we call them practices or traditionally they're called spiritual disciplines, which are things that we do repeatedly to place us in close proximity to God and his presence 
and to shape us in a certain way. And this idea that we're not just shaped by what we believe, but we're shaped by what we do. Again, one example of this is what Jesus talks about with giving and money. He says, your treasure is where your heart will be. So give to the kingdom, and then your heart will follow. It's like you can believe that God's kingdom's important and the ultimate reality, but not be generous. And the way to actually grow in generosity is not just to believe, but to actually practice it, is actually to give. And actually in giving, particularly repeatedly, it shapes your heart. Another practice is, um, that Jesus talks about in Matthew 6 is not doing things to be seen by people. And again, the kind of, especially with technology now, like the, the current habit that we naturally go to is every, anything you do, you take a photo of it and you put it on the internet for the world to see. Like any little thing, any food, like if I was making my potatoes, I'll take a photo, I'll put it on the photo of the world. Like, like you, you, do, you put everything up. Whereas Jesus says, when you give or when you pray, when you fast, do it in secret. Do it so nobody can see. And then your father who sees in secret will notice you. That's actually a spiritual discipline. To say, actually, maybe we did, you did something amazing for God. Don't tell anybody about it. Keep it a secret. That, that's actually hard. But it will actually shape and form our hearts to actually be like, well, actually, I want to live for God's eyes first, not, not for people's eyes. And again, we can believe that. You can sort of say, well, it only matters what God thinks. It doesn't matter what people think. But then sort of still post everything on the internet. Like, like, but actually by doing that, it starts to shape our heart. So practices and simple practices like prayer, like scripture, even coming to church, uh, fasting, giving, anything could become an intentional practice that says, actually, yes, I believe this, but to actually change, I need to set up some something that will help me grow in this. Um, it says this in First Timothy, have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales, rather train yourself to be godly. It's like a, a practice thing, a training thing. There's, there's a rhythm, there's a routine, there's a discipline. Physical training has some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. Again, this, this is actually really freeing because it means that growing as a Christian actually involves practice. It actually involves a rhythm. It actually involves change over time. Uh, and it, it's similar, can be similar to physical training. Like, like, it's not really possible to just go out and run, like 10K, 20K, if you've never run before. And in some ways, it's the same with following Jesus. It's not really possible just to go out and love your enemies if, you, if you've never actually grown in that. Like, like Jesus says, love your enemies. It's not like, yep, okay, I've got that, I'm going to do it. It's actually, no, we have to grow to be people like Jesus, characterized by love for our family, for our friends, and eventually growing to people that can even love our enemies. And that comes through growth over time, through being in his presence, through disciplines, through training. And actually, eventually, we could become people like Jesus, who actually, when people attack us, we bless them and forgive them and love them that God can actually change us, but it actually takes time. It's not just a flick the switch kind of thing. So practices are important. Um, and again, they're not ways of earning God's favor. It's God is pleased with us and loves us, but these are things that we still do to grow. It's not to get God to be happy with us. He's, he's pleased, he forgives us, he loves us, but we still need effort to grow. It's not earning, um, but it does require our participation. 
Then there's community. So like we said, relationships impact us. People impact us. In the same way, growing to be like Jesus, we can't do it by ourselves. It has to be done in community or in church family. Um, we actually need other people to grow together. We can't do it by ourselves. Even the New Testament, there's lots of different gifts that are given for the church that are needed for the church to be built up. Uh, we can't do it because Jesus' goal isn't to come back for all these isolated individuals, but a people, a community. So he calls us to be in a group of Jesus followers following him together and loving each other. As well, when we're in community, we have people that encourage us, remind us, we have people that we look up to who are following Jesus. And we also have people that we would probably never hang out with. They're probably people who are really different to us, which actually we need if we're going to grow as people who love, who, who work through differences, who have diversity. Um, maybe there's people that are actually really frustrating in church community, and if it was just relationships like in life, we'd just say, well, I'm just not going to be with that person. But in church community, like that person's there all the time, and it means that we need God's grace and his spirit and his help to love them. Um, it's like there it says, over time through hardships and challenges, it's often through hardships and challenges that God actually grows us and shapes us. Like people always say the same thing. God, when we want to grow in patience, God gives us something that's really hard that you have to wait for. And in the same way, we want to grow in love, maybe God places us in church family where there's people who are different to us that it's hard to love them. And actually, that's good. What is needed is love and patience and kindness and gentleness. Um, so church can be frustrating, and that's kind of the point. Like, like, it forces us to grow. And if we just went and did our own thing, well, we might actually be, have some illusions about our ability to actually love and live in community. So, which is why we said we, this is to be done together. We are to be devoted followers of Jesus together. It's not an individual thing to follow Jesus, but a community thing. We do it as a group. And the last one in the middle is that we swap our environment with the Holy Spirit. That actually, yes, we're in an environment, but the, the goal is that we become people who the main environment we're in is the environment of God's presence. That actually we live and dwell in his presence. And when we're at work, we're at work, but the Holy Spirit is there and we're, we're in God's presence. And when we're at the shops, we're at the shops, but we're in God's presence. And when we go home, we're in God's presence. When we're here, we're in God's presence. That the Holy Spirit is actually the one who is our main environment. That's actually the main way we grow. It says this in Second Corinthians, And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is spirit. It's as we focus on God and his glory and his presence, we are transformed into his image. This comes from the Lord who is the spirit. That actually, in some ways, all of these aspects, um, the focus is that shifts us to a life of living with God by his presence, in his, by his spirit, and that shapes us and grows us to his image. So that's kind of the, the structure. We swap out the unintentional growth. Actually, everyone's growing, but we want to be people who are growing in the direction of Christ-likeness, in his image, over time, through intentionally setting up ways that we are formed. And there's this last word we've put in this, um, this mission and, and vision of being devoted followers of Jesus. I said we want to be growing 
as devoted followers of Jesus together. There's this idea that following Jesus is not something that can be done on the side. It's not something that we can just do on Sunday. It's not something that we can just do for a week or two or, or at Christmas. It's, it's a whole life thing. It's that Jesus is Lord and King, and we base our whole life on him, which is, which is this idea of being devoted to him. And even like, like we looked at, like this, that might look like a lot of, of things to sort of be thinking through intentionally. And like, that's true. Like, it, it's going to require a lot of intentionality to grow as a devoted follower. And Jesus calls us to this. He called his disciples um, to be devoted in following him. And he didn't actually apologize for it. He, he was upfront about what it would take and what it would look like to follow him. He said it really strongly sometimes. In Mark 8, he says, He called a crowd to him along with his disciples and said, Whoever wants to be my disciple, whoever wants to follow me, must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. Whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. Jesus says to follow him means to deny self, take up a cross, and get behind him. And actually, when we think about it, we're following someone who went to a cross. We're following someone who suffered. So this is not about how do we have a great life and how do we just improve things and make it a bit better. Like, this is Jesus is king, and life is found in him. And actually, yeah, this is going to involve suffering. But he says this is worth it. He says actually losing our life for him is worth it. And to not is actually to lose it. This is not just a small tweak to life. This is everything, but it's actually the way of life. They're saying he's the perfect example to follow, but he actually went to a cross, yet defeated death and found life and was raised to life. So he calls us to be devoted to following him. But at the same time, Lest, lest we think it's all on us and we just got to psych up and make it happen. Like, we, we don't. We, we, there is a part, we have to play a part, but it's not all on us because he is actually devoted to making us like him, to transforming us. God, God's desire, again, he has come to rescue us. Jesus comes and says, follow me. He's the one who calls us. He's the one who initiates and he's the one who wants to transform us to one day be people like him. And he is so committed to that that there's, there's places where he talks as if that's already happened. That if you think about what, what are you going to be like in the future, well, Jesus says one day we will be like him, conformed to his image. He says this in Romans 8. We know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him who have been called according to his purpose. So God is working for good, even through the difficulties in life, according to his purpose. What is his purpose? What is he doing? It says, those whom God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. God is working. He is devoted to conforming us to the image of his son. That one day we will be like Jesus, that Jesus, he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. Then he talks about it in the past tense, like it's already happened. Those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. He talks about this, that it's so sure that he talks about it in the past tense because he's so devoted to it. 
that actually if we've trusted in Jesus, if we have his spirit, that's the direction he's taking us and that's the goal. And we're still invited to participate in it, but not because it's on us. It's he's going to do that. So then he says, well, be on board with it. Like there's this other one in, in 1 John. It says when, when Jesus appears, we will be like him. We'll see him and we'll be like him. And it says everyone who has this hope purifies himself as he is pure. We have that hope. Therefore, we follow Jesus. So if you think about our lives, eventually one day we'll be like him. This doesn't, then he doesn't say, okay, well, we don't have to do anything. We'll just wait. Like, like it's no, that's the direction. So follow now. So be on board now. So live in that direction now. That he is actually devoted to us, to making us like him. So we're growing as devoted followers of Jesus together. And the vision is actually that we will be a, a growing family of devoted followers of Jesus. That we will be growing together as we follow him together. That we'll be calling others to come and follow him. That this is actually the way of life. There is a way and it's the way of Jesus. It's, it's the direction of life and eternal life. So we're going to pray um, and we'll finish there. And um, next week, we'll talk about living as his people in the world as, as we finish. So maybe we could stand together, and I'll pray, and then, then we'll, sing. we'll sing to finish. Yeah, Father, we just thank you that you call us to follow you. And Jesus, maybe, maybe um, we've been following you, but there's a need this morning just to sort of re- refocus and realign and we just ask God that you would remind us and call us um, to the direction of following you. Um, God, even things that you want us to address that are taking us in a direction away from you and away from your likeness, would you highlight them and just give us grace to let them go? Um, And Father, yeah, those of us even maybe who are not sure about this Jesus, God, would you reveal yourself and, and call all people to follow you, Lord? We just thank you for your presence and your goodness and your love. And just make us a community of devoted followers of Jesus, we pray. Amen.